Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I was, I don't know about you, but I was undone during worship this morning. I was just a blubbering mess over there. And it was just so struck by the reality of the power of the blood of Jesus. I mean, that that sacrifice on the cross really actually made a way for us to be right with God. And it's, and it's awesome when the, the worship team actually probably preaches the most important message that will be preached today. Um, and the second part is maybe how do we respond to that? And so I, I, I'm looking forward to just sharing some of the things the Lord has been putting on my heart. But I'm, I, we're, we're in a, like a relay for me with the discipleship school here at, G, uh, at GMC. It's, I feel like I'm in uncharted territory, which I love, because it means I have to lean wholly into Jesus. Because we're seeing God move in ways that, that it's, it's been quite a few years since I've seen God move this way. We're seeing the Holy Spirit come in some pretty tangible ways, releasing an increase of gifts, releasing just encounters with his presence. And, and the fruit that I'm seeing is this hunger and this desire for more of God and this, this desire, like we, we just want more of you, God. And so I'm seeing the Holy Spirit move. And, and so one of the questions I'm asking, and I've been asking for, for probably about three, four weeks now, is like, God, what on earth are you doing? God, what on earth are you doing? And then I think three weeks ago back when we, we actually did a young adult uh, retreat in-house here at, here at the church. And, and on our last session, we were, we were kind of sitting in about the first three or four rows here. And, and as um, Pastor Josue came up and prayed, we were praying at the end and he was praying for Quebec and the Spirit of God was just on him as he was crying out for God to have mercy on Quebec. And then we had a time of praying for lost loved ones and, and with everyone down on their knees, like, it was so powerful. It was all quiet. No one was praying out loud, but, but I, was, I was near the front, and all I could hear was just the sniffles of people who were like praying, but many emotionally being impacted by the Lord. It's one of the most powerful things in prayer I have seen in years. And I think about one of our staff meetings a few weeks ago where, again, the Lord was releasing a burden related to, to outreach and seeing the gospel go forward into areas that are unreached and and, and my question of the Lord has just been like continuing, like, God, what are you doing? Because I don't want to get in the way of what you're doing. What are you doing? Because I want to partner with what you're doing. I want to I follow with what you're doing. And, and so personally, I've been feeling this, this hunger that I, I haven't felt for, for years stirring on the inside of me. And I'm feeling faith beginning to rise because I think the Holy Spirit is up to something. And then I, I think of our messages the last two weeks and Pastor Claude as he was preaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about how we want our foundation to be Christ and how we want to build with, with costly possessions. We want, to, we want to pour everything out. We want to build on this foundation of Christ. And then last week he preached half of my sermon for this week, which was so encouraging. It makes my job easier. But... But also it was like just an, an affirmation to me that, that what I felt from the Lord was, was what he's saying to us as a broader church. And, and he talked about all the blessings we've received from God. this Thanksgiving, right? And how we want to be so thankful to God for them, but we don't want to stop at Thanksgiving. We want to ask him, okay, God, now what are you asking us to do with what you've given us? And, and I have this sneaking uh, suspicion that God is trying to prepare our hearts for something. 
He's trying to get us ready for something to come. And I don't actually know what that something is, but I, but I have this sense that what God is saying to us and what he's been saying the last two weeks is actually really, really important that I don't want to just listen to it and say, oh, that's a great message. I'm so ga- glad Pastor Claude preached that message, which is what I've said after the last two weeks. Like, so that's a good thing to say, but I don't want to just say that. I want to do something with it. I want, to, I want it to actually change the way that I live. And so actually what I want to do to start off is we're actually going to start where Pastor Claude left off a couple of weeks ago. Just by way of review, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to, uh, 10 to 15, and then we'll, we'll move on from there. I'm going to pray again. God, we... We thank you for the power of your word that is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. And God, we ask that your word, that it would have free reign in our hearts this morning. God, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Our hearts are wide open. God, come speak to us. Amen. Paul writes, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on, on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward if it's burnt up. The builder will suffer loss, but, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. And there's two key things in this passage. The first is that we want to build on the foundation of Christ. And the second is that we want to build with the best materials. And and if we can just have like real talk this morning, I think in reality, if we're, if we're honest, often what we do is we're actually, if we're honest, we build two buildings. And the first one is, is actually honestly often built on our foundation. And it's a nice building. We, we build with costly materials and it's, it's, a, it's a nice building and it's, it's kind of been designed for us. And then what we often do, because we still love Jesus, is in our backyard we build a guest room for Jesus. We build a guest room for Jesus, and it's still pretty nice too, but we, we make sure that our house is in order first, and then, we, and then we give to Jesus over there. And Paul, because Paul loves the Corinthian church, he's writing as a spiritual father, he's, he's warning them out of love because he understood they were in danger. He says, no, 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 you're, you're building all wrong. You're, you're building your lives all wrong. No, we want to build on the foundation of Christ, not just in word, but we actually want to build on the foundation of Christ and we want to actually do it with costly materials. See, building on the foundation of Christ does not merely mean that Jesus is important to you in your life. It means that Jesus is truly in a very practical, visible, observable way at the center of everything in our life. It's not, Jesus, you're important, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure all of my stuff is okay, and then whatever's left over, maybe I'll give some to you. That's not building on the foundation of Christ. That's called building on the foundation of, of Brian. That's called building on the foundation of me. And Paul understood that they were in trouble, and so in love, he's, he's giving them some loving cracks. He says, no, 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 no. You know, we have to build on the foundation of Christ. 
that it has to be Christ first in how we live our lives. You know, as I was preparing for this message, and I'm preaching on 1 Corinthians 4 today, and so I'm reading through 1 Corinthians 4 a number of times and realizing that you can't really understand 1 Corinthians 4 without first understanding 1 Corinthians 3. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul, Paul tells us we need to build on the foundation of Christ and with costly materials. And then in chapter 4, he shows us what it looks like to actually do that. He shows us what it looks like to actually do that, and he demonstrates it from his own life. But, but off the start in, in chapter 4, he actually starts with, with giving them like a few more warnings. And so we understand from the beginning of 1 Corinthians 4, there's a few things they were wrestling with. One was spiritual pride. The, the 2023 version of this is bragging that your church is better than other churches and our ministry is better than other ministries. In other words, they were more concerned about the little thing they were building than they were about Jesus and his honor and glory. And so they were taking pride in, in their, their little areas of ministry. The other thing you have a sense that, that they were struggling with as well is this sense of self-sufficiency and boasting in their riches and what they had. And it reminds me of last week's sermon where, where we don't want to just be thankful and sit back and say, yeah, God has blessed us so much in this area. We're so blessed. Thank you, Jesus. And now we just go and enjoy all those things for ourselves. But what do we actually do with what he's given us? Like, what is the reason that he's blessed us for? Why, why has he given us so much in this area? So, so Paul starts to compare how the people at the church in Corinth are living to what his life looks like. So I'm, I'm going to read verses 8 through to uh, 15, maybe 16, yep, 16 too. He says, already you have all that you want. Already you've become rich, you've begun to reign, and that without us. How I wish that you really had begun to reign, so that we might also reign with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like those condemned to die in the arena. We've been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to human beings. We are fools for Christ, but you're so wise in Christ. We are weak, but, but you are strong. You are honored, we are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We're in rags, we're brutally treated, we are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we're cursed, we bless. When we're persecuted, we endure it. When we are, in, when we are slandered, we answered kindly. We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of this world right up to this moment. I'm writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Paul is not trying to stir up guilt. Paul's not trying to stir up condemnation. No, he's, he's a spiritual papa. He's a spiritual daddy, and he understands that his spiritual children are in danger because they're, they're living a lukewarm version of Christianity and, and calling it the real thing. They're building their life on their own foundation, and they're calling it Christianity. And he's saying, if that's Christianity, how come my life looks so much different than yours? And then he goes on and he tells them to actually imitate him. He says, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. And what Paul is not talking about is us taking a vow of poverty. 
when you read through Paul's letters, what he's actually talking about is being so in love with Jesus that you would gladly lay down everything for the sake of the gospel. They were saying, look at all that God has blessed, blessed us with. This is awesome and just kind of enjoying it. And Paul's saying, Jesus has blessed me with so much that my only response is to lay everything down. And I think about the words we were singing about that, that fount of blood. It's talking about the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for us that forgave us of our sins. And Paul's saying, I have a revelation of the power of the blood of Jesus. And the only thing I can possibly do is not sit back and brag about what I've been given, but to just lay down my life so that others would hear and others would know that everything would be built on the foundation of Christ. This is his heart. This is what Jesus is trying to stir in his church in this hour. This is what he wants to stir inside of us. Are we living our lives on the foundation of Jesus? Or are we actually living our lives on our own foundation? with a bit of Jesus over here when it suits us, when it's convenient. I, I, when I was preparing both times, when I, like, I, I, I will pre-preach sermons before I preach them here just so that I make sure that it sort of makes sense, at least, you know, that it flows. And both times I did that, I ended up in tears. Because this is serious to God. Guys, I've, I've seen parents, well-meaning parents, talk their kids out of following God's call in their life so that they could do something that made more sense financially, that, that would give them a better reputation, and maybe a better financial future. And I've seen kids talked out of following their call for Jesus. I've seen in the past in Winkler where somebody feels a missions call and immediately the thing somebody says to them is, well, you can serve God just as well here as you can somewhere else, but you can't if he's called you somewhere else. You can't serve God just as well, Winkler, as somewhere else unless God has called you to Winkler. But if he's called you somewhere else, you've got to go. If he's called you to write that check, you've got to write it. Because our life is based on the foundation of Christ, not on the foundation of us. I say this as somebody who at times in my life I've felt God's call and said yes, but also at other times I've chickened out. I remember being in my, in my early 20s and the Lord, I felt like, actually was, was speaking clearly to me in that time in my life, calling me to go and, and do, do YWAM, actually. And, but then I just thought, like, Ugh. if I go do that, I'm spending all this money. I don't really have anything to show afterwards that the world would really recognize. Like, oh, and then it's going to empty my bank account. And also, I, I'm a, a homebody. Like, I don't like really going that far away. So it's like, it's way more comfortable for me to be at home. There was no FaceTime back then. Like, it actually would have been a bit of a sacrifice. All of that, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. So, so I said no to the Lord on that one. And I went to seminary instead, which looked so spiritual, right? But then about 15 years after that happened, I remember I was like, um, I was placed in leadership for this ministry in Manitoba where we were training teens in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit to share their faith and training them for evangelism. And I was put into this role and I'm like asking the Lord, like, Lord, why am I in this role? Like, I wish you, I had more experience with evangelism. I wish I had more experience with this stuff. How am I supposed to lead this? And I remember the Lord saying so clearly to, to me, he's like, well, well, I did call you to go to YWAM, didn't I? And I'm like, ah. Uh. 
when you get to heaven and see Jesus face to face, I promise you, you will have zero regret about any risk you took for Jesus. You'll have zero regret about any risk you took for Jesus because he was calling you and speaking to you. Now, we know that when he calls us, like, we got to discern it. And we talk to trusted friends, maybe pastors, godly leaders, or just close friends around us. We, we discern corporately. But when he's calling you someplace, we got to go. When he's, when he's calling us to follow him, to lay it all down, we, we got to go. And this, this week, it was so cool. I had a, an old friend of mine, um, Donovan Epp, and his wife, Shar, who've been missionaries for 20 years in the Philippines to the Ogta people, which is a previously unreached people group. Nobody knew their language. Like he, they had to learn it from scratch. It was years before they could even share the gospel. And I just remember him like, oh, well, we were having like coffee and so chatting and I'm like, man, I gotta get you over to GMDS. Like, what are you doing this afternoon, bud? And so we cleared some time with, with GMDS so he could just come in and share his story and... Um, one of the things that his wife said that, that deeply impacted my heart was this, is that the biblical command is to go. And she said the exception is to stay. The default of scripture is to go. And then they fleshed that out more as they were talking, and they're saying that doesn't mean you can't live in Winkler. But wherever the Lord has sent you, you're called to go. You're called as a missionary into that place. That means that your workplace is your mission field. It means that the coffee shop might be your mission field. It means your family is your mission field. It means that Jesus is at the center of everything. And again, I, I believe that God is wanting to get our hearts ready for something to come. When, when I'm looking through what, what Paul's writing here, it's like, Man, I, I see these, the, uh, the writing of someone who's so in love with Jesus. And I was remen- reminded of the letter to the church in Laodicea in Revelation 3.14. I just want to read it. It says, this is Jesus' words. He said, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds that you're neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And you say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who's victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here's a question worth asking this morning. Am I actually building my life on the foundation of Jesus or am I building my life on the foundation of me with Jesus on the side? I know this is a little intense. (laughs) But there's only one version of biblical Christianity. 
And it's the one where we lay down everything for the sake of following Jesus. And I, 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 having been at this church for two and a half years, I know that this church is filled. There's so many people I've met. I've, I know many of you, and you're so in love with Jesus, and you want to follow him and walk after him and go after him. And I'm, I'm on the same boat. I want to follow Jesus and go after him. But I also know my heart well enough to know that there's sometimes areas in my heart that actually I haven't really submitted to the lordship of Christ. Right? Like, you might be totally surrendered to Jesus in the area of your finances, but when he wants to talk about your time and what you do on a Sunday morning, you know, I want, that's my relaxing time, I don't really want to serve. Or maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's somewhere else, right? Like, it's like, you're, you're totally surrendered in, in the area of, like, walking in love towards your neighbor, but, but when he asks you to, you to write a check, you're like, hey, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. So, so, so my, I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk to people who are, like, rebellion. I'm talking to people who are like me, that we follow Jesus, but, but all, along the journey, what happens is we, we surrender parts of our life to Jesus, but, but have we surrendered the full thing? I have a sneaking suspicion that there's a Holy Spirit sending movement that's coming to Winkler. And he wants to send us into our, into our schools. He wants to send us into our workplaces. And he wants to send us into the nations of the earth. And, and I love this saying that I heard someone once say, like, like, whether you go to the ends of the earth or here, if God is calling you, the pay is the same in heaven. He's not asking you to walk out somebody else's calling. He's asking you to walk out yours. And it's all for the sake of the gospel. During that, that song we were singing about this fount flowing from Emmanuel's side. Maybe if you're new to church, it's like, what are these people singing about? This is a weird, this is a weird thing. They're talking about a pool of blood. What's going on? What they're talking about was when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was already dead. Just to make sure he was dead, one of the soldiers came and he took a spear and he put it through the side of Jesus. And when he did it, there was this flow of blood and water that came out of his side. And John, who's writing it, says, like, I saw it with my own eyes. And the song is talking about how in that fountain of blood, in his death on the cross, as gory as it was, our sin was paid for so that we could be made right with Jesus. And there's a world that needs to know. There are people who've never heard. There are people in Manitoba that the only version of the gospel they've ever heard is guilt, shame, and condemnation. There are people in Manitoba that the only version of Christianity they've seen is hypocrisy. They've never met the real Jesus. They've never heard a real presentation of the gospel of God. And I think the Holy Spirit is, is going to begin to start asking us, so what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Those people in our workplace who haven't heard about Jesus, what are we going to do about it? And for myself, personally, just my own journey with the Lord right now, I, I feel this, like, this degree of, like, of, of healthy, the, the, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, which is like the beginning of wisdom. And it's this thing of like, I don't want to miss what the Holy Spirit is saying in this season. I don't want to just go home and say, like, that was a good message. Or I don't want to just say, oh, that's, God showed me something really cool. And now I go tell all my friends what God showed me, but I don't actually do it in my own life. Like, I don't want that I actually want to be obedient to what he's saying.
And he's calling us to do the same thing. I think the Holy Spirit is preparing our hearts from something. And guys, I don't even know what it is. But God's really, really smart, me not so much. And I think he wants our hearts ready for whatever is going to come next. So here's some questions for us this morning. These are questions I want you to be asking of the Lord. There's four questions. I did them as three points, but my counting has problems. (laughs) Not a mathematician. The (laughs) The first question is this. Is God, what are you saying to me in this season about the gospel? What are you saying to me in this season about the gospel? Like, how do I respond? Like, I want to sing those worship songs that we sang, but I don't want to just sing them. I want to respond to Jesus because he's the first person I should thank and praise and worship. But like, if, if he washed all of my sins clean, how do I live the rest of my life then? How then should I live? Secondly, what is the mission field that you've called me to? Ask the Lord that. And just, I, I felt this in worship, so I'm just going to say it. There's, there's somebody here, you thought your, your mission field days are over and the Lord's about to renew, restore renewed callings, and some of you, you're going to go to other places physically. And some of you, you're, you're going to stay in the same place you are, but, it's, but now you're, you're going there as a missionary. You're not just going there to show up. You're going there because you carry the hope of Jesus with you. What is the mission field that he's called you to? Thirdly, what foundation am I building my life on? Am I, is everything about Jesus... Or if I'm really, really honest, some of it's about Jesus, but some of it's really about me. Because we want the biblical version of this thing. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but repentance is actually a really, really good thing. Because repentance means I turn from walking my own way and I I turn to walking Jesus' way. And I want to live my life surrendered to Jesus. And if you have an area in your life where it's like, oh, I know this isn't surrendered to Jesus and I don't even know what to do with this. This is so hard. Like, tell him that. Ask him for help. Cry out to him. He wants to help you with that. And then finally, with what kind of materials am I building? When, when Don and Char were, were, were kind of sharing a bit, it was, it was so obvious that there were so many people required for them to do what they did. First of all, they had to say yes to God's calling on their lives and do what he was asking him to do, but, but they actually needed, and there's been many like business people in this area who've sewed into them so that they could do what they did, and it, without those business people who were God, like in a godly way using what God had entrusted to them, they couldn't have gone. Without some people who were at home but praying diligently for them, they couldn't have gone. God needs all of us. He needs all of us in our roles, in our callings, in our abilities, with, the, with, with whatever talents we've been given by God. He needs all of us in this task of reaching the world with the gospel. But make no mistake, this is what is on Jesus' heart right now, is reaching the world with the gospel. 
And he wants to start here, but, but this province so desperately needs Jesus. We were in Central Park a few weeks ago, and the level of spiritual darkness was so intense, we had to just stop and pray, like, God, help. God, help. And I think the Lord wants us to start asking ourselves this question, what, what, what am I going to do about it? And I suspect he has some more questions for us coming. I don't know what those are. This is just my part. <laughs> to start getting stirred in my own heart in this way and to invite you into the same wrestle. Let's stand and pray. As you guys just stood, I felt like the Spirit whispered to me, like, you're not seeing a congregation, you're seeing an army. And it's like that Ezekiel 37, that those people who are, it's an army, but our weapon is love. Our weapon is the gospel, the, the message of the love of Jesus, which can tear down strongholds, which can break the power of chains and set captives free. So Jesus, here we are. Here we are. Send us, Jesus. Send us. Send us into our schools. Send us into our workplaces. Send us into our neighborhoods. Send us into our businesses, God. And God, I know the hearts of these people, and you do too. I know that they're people who love you. God, I ask that you would speak to all of us. Direct us, God. If there are areas we need to lay down, Lord, we want to lay them down. We want our hearts ready for whatever is next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.